HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Michter's Distillery. Visit Michter's.com to find out how their taste-is-everything-cost-be-damned attitude is creating some of the finest whiskeys available. I'm Jackie Berger, host of Just Food Stories. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. It's a lovely day here in Brooklyn, and it's kind of... I'm, 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 as you can tell, I'm not in New Orleans right now where a lot of people are uh i kind of feel like i dodged a bullet but i do want to say to everyone uh on that note have so much fun at tales of the cocktail this year but be careful drink lots of water and never finish a drink that's my theory um moving on to the show today actually i've known this bartender for as long as i've been in new york and i met him when he was working at this little place where i used to go get margaritas the best margaritas in town i believe and uh i then eventually moved, started moving more into like the the cocktail bar world, and uh, he's one of my favorite bartenders out there today. So welcome to sh- welcome to the show, Tim Miner. Thank you. Yeah. So I met you when you were working at Lobo. Yeah, that, way back in the day. You were working there for a very long time. Oh my god, it seems like forever. I was there eight and a half years. Which by bartenders' life uh, lifespans is like six lifespans, I think. Yeah, I've been at, I've been at my current job for six years, and I feel like. I I keep joking around about it, like saying that no one's ever worked in one place long as long as I have. But yeah, you just totally punked me on that one. I'm, I'm the only one though. That's and and I haven't been running that program. I never ran that program, so none of the stresses. Just go and make the drinks go home. Go and make the drinks go home. That's nice, man. Sometimes I wish I could just do that, you know. But I, I think I'm too much of a control freak. I just <laughs> I just went back to doing that, and I get uh, pangs of wishing I was running a program and. Other days, I'm like, thank God I'm not running this program yeah. right now. So Absolutely. So you were there eight years, man. And then uh, you moved on and you started getting into uh, the cocktail world. Yeah, I moved um, while I was sort of ending my tenure at Lobo. Lobo I, I started picking up shifts and, and training at the Jake Walk um, under our mutual friend, Eddie. And he taught me how to make good drinks and uh, fancy pants cocktails. Yeah. And, and you- that was a lot of fun. 
And you had some uh, really awesome drinks. And there was Mr. October. Oh, that one did well for me. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one. That one's a, a crowd pleaser if ever there was one. Yeah, but it was. It was you know one of those that I think I I think I had two or three tries to to put that drink together, and all of a sudden I just took one sip and I was like, "Well, hot damn, that one's done." And I just <laughs> turned to Dave Nermy and I was like, "Try this," and he got mad at me. So I was like, yeah, it must be good. All right. <laughs> so then you must have realized that you had a, a knack for this and that probably helped drive your uh, your desire to do more, right? Yeah. I mean, every time you have any amount of success, with a, a personal success where you feel like you've accomplished something that you were setting out to do, it kind of it kind of spurs you to keep moving in that in that direction and tells you you're kind of you haven't gone too far off the trail. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I like I like doing that. Um I like anything that allows you to be creative, you know, mm-hmm. and, and drink making certainly is that. Be as weird as you want to be. You don't have to stick to the old, old classic specs. I hear you, man. Get weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so I can't remember, but uh, I remember the drink was delicious, but uh, run, run us through the, uh, the recipe. Uh, Mr. October is one and a half Laird's Bonded, Applejack, three quarter lemon, three quarter simple, half, uh, half Galliano Latentico. And I think it's been a long time since I made one. It's not fall. Uh, <laughs> two dashes of uh, St. Elizabeth's allspice. And, you know, shake, strain up, nutmeg over the top. Nice and easy. I just mentioned getting away from the classic specs, though that one pretty much strictly adheres to them. <laughs> it sounds like it's based on your classic sour spec, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's, cool. it's, it's pretty easy. Nice. Yeah, um, I think, you know, Laird's Bonded is just... It's the best. <laughs> it's 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 certainly up there. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer now that uh, Rittenhouse changed their packaging because the Laird's bonded and bond, uh, and the Rittenhouse looked so nice. They were like they were like the back bars, like old buddies. Yeah, I feel like those and old granddad. And, and old like, granddad. If, if the Laird's and old granddad change, it's like going to change the entire landscape of the yeah. of the back bar or. In places we work our rails. Yeah. You know, let's face it. Nobody's advertising those bottles. We're just pulling them every time we make a drink. Well, but I don't know, man. I've got mine I'm not in the saying, back bar. I'm not saying they aren't <laughs> worth advertising. Yeah. Merely that mine have always been stuffed neatly in a rail. Yeah, that's true. I think, yeah, it's been kind of crazy lately with all the label changes. Have you just noticed a really insane amount of, like, repackaging lately? Uh... I mean, Powers just did theirs. Oh, did they? We don't. We don't stock the regular entry level Powers. Like we, we keep accidentally getting the Powers John Lane, which is a happy accident every time because that yeah. stuff's delicious. But uh, I haven't seen a Powers bottle in so long that I don't. I didn't know they had changed it. Yeah, that one changed. There uh, wasn't the Facebook and Twitter fervor that there was over the written house <laughs> bottle. Everyone got so mad. They did. There was a, a huge uproar online and in social media about the written house package change. Um, it's also, it was also like the little, the little underline that used to be under Rittenhouse. It's the same font, but now the little squiggly like underline, like you would see on like a baseball jersey. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if they've gone. changed their, their bottling for their, their older age, uh, statement whiskeys that we used to have so. a 23 and a 25 when I was running Jake walk. Um, and those bottles, like, you know, the, the Rittenhouse bonded was just like utilitarian, paper label but those bottles were actually quite stunning i really liked them yeah i doubt they'll change those because they, they'll so... still have that swoosh yeah they will nice. the swoosh the yeah. rittenhouse swoosh yeah um yeah but the uh those bottles were pretty modern 
to begin with. I mean, like they, it's a yeah. fairly new product. Yeah. I mean, over the past maybe decade, that's when they really started popping around. So I don't think they're due for a, a label change. No, just they need yet. to upgrade yet. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy. I mean, like I think it's uh, it's interesting to see how many have changed and how how the that side of this whole world is uh, perceiving like the way that they should be packaged. You know, you could also say that I mean they probably don't want their spirit in the the well. You know, that's well, like Plymouth. You know, they went back to the, or the old label, but then they put it in a wider bottle because everyone had it in there in their rail yeah. and uh, they didn't want to be that product. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know if I understand that argument. I mean I I can understand it from saying we think so highly of our own product that it deserves its its moment in the sun or at least the back bar lights. But I, I don't know, to be the best rail spirit out there for as far as rye whiskeys go, the one that is in every bar's rail, it seems to me that that's the more lucrative option for them. So You're it's surprising. More cases and certainly of a bottle at a time. I mean and I get it, like you it is a product that should be considered along the lines of of the others that are that are you know the great rye whiskeys, but uh, but I think from a business standpoint, if if I found that you know every November nobody could get my product because I had sold through it all already, <laughs> I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just try to start making more. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's another thing. I mean, speaking of like the creativity of like coming up with drinks, uh, as we were talking about before, it's like man. We're we're blasting through so much more product these days and and running out. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, right now we're experiencing a really hard time getting any American whiskey. It it's really been remarkable the amount of you know uh, rail or or at least like entry level back shelf American whiskeys that you just you just can't get your hands on right now. Like the really really great stuff that's you know you can pour for between eight and twelve dollars a pour that nobody's really going to be too bummed out about the price and just say yeah. that's delicious and it's worth it every time you just i mean our rails uh, at the long island bar where i'm at now is um we've been we've been pretty fortunate that we found like something to work with that's that's been sticking around and i don't want to tell you what it is because i don't want everyone to go buy all this <laughs> uh but you know i used to carry w.l weller's 90 and then and the mm-hmm. uh what did we go from there uh, Buffalo Trace was in our rail for a while, and like these are all ones that are just becoming tricky and trickier to to, to keep in consistently. So it's like and those and, aren't necessarily considered like that entry level, you know? They're no, I mean they're great whiskeys. I mean, for my money, W. O. Weller's uh, seven oh, yeah. year ninety proof is bang for the buck. That's got to be my favorite American bourbon whiskey. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's glorious, and whenever I can keep it in, I want to. Yeah, it's so weird. I, I, you just never see it around anymore. Um, I actually had a couple of the uh, the white label reserve bottles, the short squatty ones, mm-hmm. before they changed it over. Yeah, and uh, I just I kind of like accidentally, you know, at a cookout, was like, wait a minute, let's just crack this open, oh. and it's it lasted about three minutes. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Everyone well, at a free. cookout, nothing nothing liquid well, lasts that's, too long. That's true. That is true. Um, I think I still got a bottle of Old Forester sitting on my picnic table in my backyard right now. <laughs> I know I do. In fact, Tristan Willie brought it over, and it didn't go back home with him. <laughs> I get to, I get to work with Tristan now. Once a week, he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's he started taking shifts at the LIB. Yeah, you're so you're you've been at the Long Island Bar now since pretty much since they opened. Yeah, yeah. Since since uh, I was there the first day. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, in mid October, which is just a treat. You know, I wish my only regret about the Long Island bar is that I didn't get to know the guys that own it, Toby and, and Joel, uh, the year before while they were while they were uh, refurbishing it because in my former life before I decided bartending was it. I was a carpenter for almost a decade and, and refurbishing that bar would have been, would have been a fun little project. I would oh, have yeah. a lot of work, but it would have been one of those really, really glorious ones that just pays off so much in the end. Wow. So you're a carpenter before. Okay. I get it. This makes sense. <laughs> Measure twice, cut once. Yep, Measure twice. Yep. That's why I like jiggers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Free pork never been for me. Yeah. That's interesting. But also building some, you know, building from spec, you know, and, and yeah. creating. You yeah. Know, it, all, it, all, it all kinda kinda ties that I've never been I've never been one who, who did well at a job where I didn't have a finished product either immediately or at least by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I was you know, I always like to look back and say, I did that, whether it's down at a cocktail or or at a, a film set or or, you know, whatever. I mean I all the all the interior carpentry at Lobo, I, I when they remodeled, I built that with the owner. He and I did all the finished carpentry in like the house. Wow. Built cool. the bars out, built it the booths like all that and it's still there which is really cool you go by and you're like huh i built that and it's you know five eight years (laughs) later and a couple hundred covers a a night if not certainly by the week sitting in there and it hasn't collapsed and turned to dust that's great no one's no one sued anyone yet for uh faulty (laughs) luckily for me i have it's never made it up to to ownership level there so (laughs) if anyone does get sued it won't be me but (laughs) i hope and you'll be long gone yeah but like really, really like five blocks away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be, I'll be just around the corner, but I've cut my hair so they won't recognize me. <laughs> nice. Um, so we were talking about the, uh, you know what? Okay. Let's go back to that. So are you, are you ever planning on opening up your own place and actually building it? Cause that, if I were like a PR absolutely, agency, I, I mean, would blow that up, man. Yeah. I mean, it, well, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, uh, licensed and, and all that to, to do like structural work and anything like that. Yeah. And I, in my carpentry days, I was doing, um, film and television work, which is all very, uh, it's not of, meant to last It's short term. No, <laughs> man, you build it one day, they use it the next day and then you tear it apart and throw it away the third, which is kind of cathartic and kind of heartbreaking each time, yeah. particularly if you like what you've built. Um, but I would definitely want to do some of the, the interior stuff. I'd want to, I'd want to build my own bar. I'd want to, you know, you, you blood sweat and tears and the more you can put into your space the the more you're going to care about your space absolutely man and i think that that for me would be would be something that would be really amazing i would love i'd love to be at least have a have a a, a, you know a hand in it Uh, certainly you're going to have to have contractors and things like that for well because permits and well i mean also if i open something you know you're paying rent on an empty room that's generating no money you gotta you gotta get it done in a timely fashion so i'm aware that i'm not you know, not doing it every day and not being a licensed contractor, I'm not the guy that's going to get it done in a week and turn that place around and start making money. So that's so why you do it. You, you pick the, and uh, choose the the fun tasks that are going to look pretty, and everyone's oh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah. I built that. And it's like you know, yeah. the reason the roof hasn't fallen in on you is because of some other guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a very very kind man, probably yeah. or woman, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I did the same thing with the Prime East Bar. I was there like every night, you know, sanding and yeah. refinishing and yeah. building the table, putting you know whatever together <laughs> yeah and i and, feel like yeah the, the the guys that show up to do that are the ones that you're like all right they're gonna get the good shifts because they already care about this place before it's made them any money yeah like if you get if you get staff that's like ooh, i want to i want to come by and help yeah like, all right i've hired well yeah exactly <laughs> man you gotta put your put your soul into it man you do. 
Well, let's take uh, let's take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be back in a minute with my good buddy Tim Miner. Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. This summer, Heritage Radio Network is turning five. Since our launch in 2009, we've continued to bring you food and culture content like nobody else. And we need, we need your help. Heritage Radio Network is a passionate, grassroots, action-oriented, nonprofit organization. That means we depend on the support from listeners like you to keep us alive. If you love what you hear on Heritage Radio Network, visit our website and become a member today. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. Michter's Whiskey is a proud sponsor of HeritageRadioNetwork.org. If you drink the whiskey that warmed General Washington's troops at Valley Forge, does that make you a patriot? Not necessarily, but it indicates you appreciate that Michter sets the standard for highest quality, limited production whiskeys. America's first whiskey distilling company, Michter's rich history dates back to 1753, when a farmer in Schaeferstown, Pennsylvania, distilled his first batch of whiskey from Hardy Rye. At one point, a master distiller left his family's well-known distillery to join Michter's so he could be at a smaller, less cost-conscious company where he could make the finest whiskey, cost be damned. Ask your bartender or retailer for Michter's whiskey today. Chatham Imports is the national sales agent for Michter's Distillery. For more information, please visit www.michters.com. That's www.m-i-c-h-t-e-r-s.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy, and today we are chatting with Tim Miner. Um, we were just talking about this before the uh, the uh, break. How uh, you're talking about set design and, and building something up, but then having to tear it down and it's gone, you know, immediately. I kind of feel the same way about a drink. They work really hard on making pretty. It's like, and then someone just slams it down, you that know. Is such a frustration when somebody drinks a cocktail faster than you, you could make it. Yeah, you're just like, but, I did, but just have a shot. It's called what? Saturday night. <laughs> That's why I don't work them anymore. But that's how you make money, so you got to good with the bad, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but then, like, I don't know. I mean, sure, we all want to make money uh, so we can pay our rent. Especially in this town, it's not the easiest, cheapest town. They can't drink them fast enough in this town for me. Yeah, I hear you, man. But, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old man nowadays, but... uh, I like to like to sit there and talk. I mean, like clearly that's why I have a radio show. <laughs> like <laughs> talk about the cocktails and spirits and the history and you know, and maybe have a drink with my guests while I'm doing it. Yeah, you know? well, that's that's why you want to split your spread your schedule across the week. Like Saturdays yeah. make your money and Monday make your regulars. Yeah. That's, absolutely. I forgot who said that to me the other day. I was like, Man, you are smarter than I am. I thought <laughs> it was a really great sentence and I don't know if it's an old adage or that she had picked up along the way or just one she'd come up with, but it was great. Was it Katie Stipe? No, it wasn't. It was no one I was working with. It was just it was somebody else who tended bar that happened to sit in front of me a couple months ago at the LIB, and I, I feel bad I'm blanking on who it was. <laughs> it sounds like a Katie's type thing. It does. She's pretty wise. Who you actually work with. I did. I yeah, did. She did. just she just uh, moved on from us at the LIB, yeah. which is sad because I got to work with her every Saturday night, and she's one of my favorite bartenders and one of a large staff at the LIB that I've been fortunate enough to work with and learn from. I was kind of the... Uh, the greenhorn is to the cocktail scene when I came in there because it was just a all star lineup and then me at the bottom of it and I was like <laughs> how did I get here <laughs> I was pretty psyched so run us through the uh, the overall 
vibe and and kind of like night at at Long Island Bar. Long Island's great because it uh, it lets you do or it lets me do everything I've done throughout my career in bartending. Um, you know, it we have a really really great cocktail list that Toby Chikini's built up, and you know, you don't walk into Toby's bar and expect to have a cocktail that isn't stellar. Uh, and he, you know, he comes through on that. And he's got aces behind the bar making all the drinks. So every night, no matter who you sit down in front of, it's going to be prepared perfectly. And then he's from Wisconsin. So he grew up, you know, came up with drinking beer and eating cheese curds. And <laughs> uh, and so we sell those things. We sell pitchers of beer. We have cheap glass cold pitchers of beer. So really, we've got something for everybody there, which is why I love it. It's just... He wants it to be a neighborhood tavern where we, you know, we know a ton of our guests when they walk in by the, through the door and like any bar, any good bartenders do, yeah. but it like most of our guests are not coming from Manhattan. They're not coming from elsewhere. They're coming from Cobble Hill, Brooklyn Heights, you know, Borum Hill, Carroll Gardens, right around the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not exclusive. We want people from everywhere, but you know, on, yeah. on, like I said, on your, your Mondays and Tuesdays, your regular building nights, that that's who I'm sitting there, sitting there talking to. It's, it's people from that, that live two, three blocks away. Yeah, uh, and and I've lived in that neighborhood or close to it in Carroll Gardens for almost a dozen years now. So some of these people come in to see me because I've known them outside the place. Like mm-hmm. like when I see you there, other people just come in and and are just getting to know me. And and I'm excited to meet another neighbor. It's an it's an awesome place. It's right on the corner. It's an old diner, and that's cool. That like most of that's been preserved too. Yeah, it's it's almost all well. It was it's almost all original. It was originally built in 1949. Uh, as a bar, and this old barman named Buddy worked it seven nights a week till four a.m. Don't know how he did it. Um, that's insane. Four shifts now. Wow, we're all just spoiled. Thinking four <laughs> shifts is a hard week. Um, but he did it till four a.m. till he died, and then his, uh, I believe Emma was his wife, and then her two sisters took it over until two thousand six when they closed it. But when Toby and Joel got their hands on it, they wanted it to be exactly what it was originally, and so they. Uh, they they just they just did everything they could to to clean up what they could and anything that had to be replaced they tried to replace with originals mm-hmm. um or or re- re- refabricate and recreate original pieces so it's it's pretty amazing it's kind of like walking into a cozy little time machine it is it is really where did the where did the uh, no dancing neon light come from? Did that come from Toby's old bar? Uh, that was I think he had that fabricated for this bar, but it's it's a nod to his old bar. He used to own a bar in Chelsea called Passerby, mm-hmm. and it was this little one bartender affair with uh, one of those light up disco dance floors, uh, and they had DJs every night. And I never I was never smart enough to get in there. I didn't know about it at the time, and I didn't I never got in and saw it. But I've heard from many of our now uh, you know Toby's reimagined regulars that are you know holdovers from the pastor by days that it was just the greatest party in new york at the time uh but he was constantly getting fines for not having a cabaret license because he had djs in a dance floor that lights up like people are dancing and and uh the sla decided that this was going to be a profit-making scheme yeah and so that's sort of his like you know winking nudge in the in the ribs of the sla hey we, we told them. We told them they can't dance if they do it. It's on them. <laughs> Find them, not us. It's awesome. Yeah, I had heard about the the bar like right after I moved here. I was talking with some bartenders, and I think Nick Jarrett might have been one of them. But uh, they're like, "Oh man, we're all going to the passerby. It's their last night." And uh, I was like, "Uh, yeah, that's cool. Well, 
have fun. It did, I didn't. It didn't. I didn't. I'd never been to it, and yeah. so I still haven't. You know, but uh, it didn't have the same weight and like importance for me. It probably would have had I just gone once. But, yeah, uh, I think that's kind of what that place did, as far as I can tell from from the stories I've heard. Yeah, and I've read the book Cosmopolitan by Toby, um, where he talks about you know that life of like having that bar and yeah. uh it's a great book and there's a lot of really cool information like one about making gin and tonics that like i totally have adopted since then um but yeah i think i think i, I was wondering about the no dancing sign and if that was from the bar or yeah so that's really that's a nice nod to the old bar yeah um yeah and you, I mean, dude, you seem to be pretty busy these days. You're also doing some consulting. You just did a place uh, on Atlantic called French Louis. That is, it's Doug from uh, Buttermilk Channel, right? Yeah, Doug and and Ryan, the executive chef of Buttermilk Channel. Uh, Ryan's now a partner as well uh, in French Louis. And yeah, they were they were putting that together. And and Doug used to come in to the Jake Walk when I was there. Every Monday, his daughter had a dance class down the street, so he'd drop her off, come by, have a glass of wine, a little cheese, hang out. We'd chat for an hour, and it was early in the shift, so you know, and it was early in the week, so pretty much the place was dead. And I'd just sit and you know, we'd chat about drinks, and uh, and he wanted to come up with a with a cocktail program uh, for the place, and and so we got to talking and said, "Is this something you'd be interested in, in working with us on?" And I said, of course, I'd love to work with you guys because uh, Buttermilk's one of my favorite restaurants in the in the neighborhood. I love that place, and. And the hospitality they have there is just, it's just aces. So anytime I can work with guys that are that nice, I jump at the chance. And so, so I put together a little, um, I think I offered him eight cocktails. He took seven of them and ran with them, put them on the menu. And, um, and I met with his now bar manager, Kyle, uh, Kyle Storm, who's a really great kid. Who's, who's running his first bar program now and, and nailing it, I think. Um, so we sat down and talked about what he wanted to do with the program and, put together a list and put it out and it's um that was that was in the winter so it's it's changed kyle's changed over a few things here and there i think i still have a couple of things hanging on his menu but i'm glad to see he's taking it making it his own and moving on yeah did you did you do any kind of like mentoring for him like or um kind of like extra we, training we didn't do we didn't do a lot of training he had already been working for doug and had worked at a, a few other bars um and and he's he's you know he's one of us cocktail nerds like he knew his stuff from the first conversation. I was like, "Oh, Doug's in good hands. He'll be he'll be fine with this guy." Nice. Uh, yeah, I just you know basically having run a program before, I just the only, the only really things he really needed or didn't need but would learn, but I quicken the pace was just like put this bottle in your rail, not this bottle, because your costs will go down by this, and just just things you learn by having to yeah. do the ordering and all that. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. It's fun. It's like it's fun to play uh, play around with another person's bar and not really necessarily have to be there <laughs> like all the time you know yeah yeah it's 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 good and bad i mean once i saw it getting underway and you know and and then when i sat in there the first few times and had the food and like you can't help but help you can't help but be inspired and be like oh this dish would go really well with something like this and now i want to tweak this and like all yeah. of a sudden i have three more drinks i want to put on the menu but i'm not working with them anymore so it's like now i hope kyle gets these cool ideas or better other ideas that yeah. i never thought of so and and that's 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 kind of exciting too that he'll go do that. Yeah, it, you know, my, one of my favorite things is also like, kind of, you know, like the kind of conversations we have on this show and like when we have it at the bar and we're like, I, th- I think the bartending community is 
amazing just because of, you know, like if you're at my bar and I'm playing around with a drink and if I want to try it on in you and see what you think about it and you come up with an idea, throw it at me and it's like, oh, shit, well, <laughs> it's on my menu, but I got to give you credit for it too. And that's <laughs> awesome. That's good for everybody. Yeah. So hopefully you and Kyle can talk some shop and maybe not give away all your ideas. No, no, you got to hold some close to the chest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, oh, pickled watermelon, Ryan. Why didn't I think of that before? <laughs> that stuff's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good snack. It's good eating. Um, yeah, so um, you basically have you you've been a, a real inspiration to me actually on that on that subject. Uh, I get very inspired by bartenders who just love bartending, and then the drinks. Like I always. I say this a lot, uh, probably way too much, but I always say that the last thing you should, take, should think about as a bartender is making a drink. And, you know, you got to think about the customer service and the vibe and the atmosphere and everything else before you even make a drink, you know, because then it doesn't matter if 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 I am a terrible mixologist and uh, even just not even a good mixologist, just a bad like drink maker <laughs> in general, if I have covered all the other bases... I'm pretty sure my drinks are still going to taste good. You know, if they'll taste if better bar, than they would have, it probably will taste better than they would have if my vibe was off, the music sucked, it was too loud, and my crowd was terrible. And maybe, and you know, and maybe the drinks will still taste terrible, and that's okay because if you provide the right atmosphere, I'll stick around if you're entertaining and a nice guy, and I'm, I'm enjoying the place. Just switch to beer. <laughs> I'll just have a can of beer, and I'll be a happy man. Yeah, exactly. you know. So there's always a there's always a way out. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, the way out. Um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely had some amazing drinks at really, really bad vibe bars. That Yeah, it definitely, it's the it's the worst, uh, the worst seasoning, the worst ingredient, bad yeah. vibes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, from, from, your, uh, from our relationship, going back almost 10 years, I think, um, you've always been a consummate host and amazing, just all-around guy and i always love sitting at your bar and uh i can't wait to be able to do it again uh i am working so much right now yeah because everyone's at tales of the cocktails i'm covering everyone everywhere i know it i'm working but, uh, all weekend too but i'll uh, i'll come over as soon as i can man all right sounds good and thanks for stopping in the studio tim it's been uh, too long trying to get you in here well thank you for having me all right man cheers that's it this week on the speakeasy be sure to visit heritageradionetwork.org for tons of more shows that you would definitely be interested in i know i am because they all mostly involve food and i'm starving right now <laughs> so let's go get a pizza tim thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>